You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Han Tang. Han is a writer and actor based in Los Angeles. We know each other from Juilliard. She was in the class ahead of me, and I've always kept up with what she's been doing over the years on social media. I was so glad to reconnect for this conversation. She's done extensive teaching artist work. She self-produced her own script in China last year, and she's now based back in Los Angeles, writing her way through this stay-at-home period. She's such a passionate artist, and I admire her drive so much. I hope everyone is safe and holding each other close. It's been an incredibly sad week in the middle of a sad and scary time. So I'm thinking about you all. And I hope you enjoy the 163rd episode of The Compass. side as an artist <laughs> and kind of wrapped up in with that is what does the dark side look like for you most often when I say the dark side what comes to mind um when the word dark side come up I feel like my brain goes straight to um something that I hear quite often from producers or sometimes um the few investors I've encountered, um, not that they've invested in anything, but they were supposedly the investors who want to support arts, um, which is, you know, uh, a guarantee of your work is going to make money. So to me, that translate as the dark side, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I feel like um, people approach art or do artwork for very different reasons. I think in general, um, for all artists, we have stories that we're passionate about, we have to tell. It's like our life mission. But at the same time, there are people who, not that they don't love and appreciate the arts, but they they are business mind people. So they think of it as entertainment the end goal is to make a lot of money you know and so so to me that translate as the dark side because if you go down that path very quickly you lose the purpose or you perhaps you never even had a reason for telling that story or um yeah so so that to me is the dark side and it's very <laughs> difficult um it's such yeah. a weird fine line because you do need the financial support, but you don't want to go in that direction. Have you ever found any sort of partnership with someone who, a producer or someone who's business minded like that, who, where it has clicked and you felt like the balance is right and it's not going too far into the commercial side of it? 
Um, no. The answer is Still searching. <laughs> the answer is no. There, there, there have been times where I thought I found the right person or the right team. And then we get into the development of the project, and very quickly things just start to shift. And I, I have tried to be a team player and understanding of the process and how difficult it is. But I've also have witnessed, you know, and it, you, you think you hear that in stories, but I actually seriously witness, you know, like. Like a business dinner where you know the producer is trying to get someone to invest, and the you know as a return, they're willing to force me and the other writers to create a part for this person's niece or、mm. something. You know, like I've been situations like that when you just after a while you're just like, oh, I thought you're this person, but you're actually. Not and you know you're willing to sacrifice too much of the story and yeah there's um it it didn't end well <laughs> it did not end well at all and you you leave that situation like heartbroken it's almost like going through like a breakup yeah well、um, those development、yeah. processes can be so long、mm-hmm. it takes so long to get a play or a film to come to fruition and so if it ends up falling apart after you've invested so much time I'm sure it feels that way. Yeah, I I would say unfortunately the only time I feel like my artistic voice was fully respected is、um, I was lucky enough that、um, my aunt passed away and left me her、um, her insurance, so I was able to invest all of that <laughs> in one of my play, and then finally had it. You know,、um, you know, shown on stage, and that's the only time that I was able to save my creative voice. And、um, yeah, so so that's that's my experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that first question, like how you tried to keep from going to the dark side as an artist, I don't know if that quite quite applies to that business example. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how do you? Funny, actually, I had another、um, direction when you asked that. I、mm-hmm. had another direction that,、um, like in my head, there's like very quickly there's like the two. The other one was, you know, like when you create, sometimes you tap into this like anger.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like、um, that to me also is a dark side. But I don't. I try not to categorize. That as a dark side because sometimes amazing things come out of that, you know. I think、um, depends on who you are.、Um, I feel like I'm fortunate enough that I think at my core I'm an optimistic person. <laughs> so no matter how dark you know it went, I somehow you know have planted some seeds of hope in there. So 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 that's why when you, I first heard that question, right. Like, Yeah, it's split, and I was like, okay, what is the dark side? They're both. They both are.、Um, <laughs> yeah, but when you're when you're kind of going to that dark place and processing something artistically,、mm-hmm. that is different than kind of the the real life situations where you're kind of bringing yourself down as an artist or somebody else in the business side of it is bringing you down. Yeah, totally.、Um, how how have you been doing through the pandemic and everything? 
Um, it's been really rough. <laughs> You're in LA. I'm in LA. Um, I so I just been doing a lot of writing. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean a lot. <laughs> like, um, because I feel like it's the only thing I could do. Um. I was also applying for because I had done a lot of teaching over the years, so I was also applying for different teaching teaching uh, gigs. But um, I also learned from friends that you know it's tough for performing arts teachers as well um, everywhere. So I just have to, you know, just uh, I'm lucky enough that I'm still surviving, <laughs> and um, and just uh, keep writing, keep trying to pitch the next story to someone else and the next story to someone else. Um, the one thing that I'm grateful for is that um, right before everything happened, I took a class by a very famous uh, screenwriter and um, he has written screenplays that you know are people he's, he's a Chinese screenwriter and people were, will consider his screenplays like the best of Chinese cinema because he's a writer for to live mm-hmm. and he also is the writer for um, farewell my concubine and those were the you know the two best films that you know um, yeah so so if you talk about Chinese films so those are the must see and you know after taking his class like something he said during his class you know um, when I was asking him the question, like, what do I do when people don't want to read my script? Or what do I do when, you know, like, um, how do you better pitch it? And he actually just said, he goes, I have, um, how many? He had like, he said, he had like um, close to like 40 screenplays that he's written. And then he said over the years, majority of them haven't been written by, you know, producers or whatever he couldn't and then and then for some him for someone like him who said you know the the very top the you know talent wise of a, as a screenwriter he said like the best pl- screenplay that I've written no one had read it so he goes so I write it and I enjoy reading it at home I know what I, <laughs> <laughs> I go what <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That so, must have been uh, good to hear when now you're in this situation. Yep. So you're like, okay, so um, so I, I guess you just keep trucking here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such, yeah, that's so good to hear kind of in a way that... Yeah, like almost like a self-assurance of you're proud of your own art. Right. He knows that what? that exists and he still loves it. Exactly, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into writing? Because obviously when we were at school together, you were focusing on acting. Tell me a little bit about how that Mm -hmm. happened. Well, I originally started getting into writing because, you know, after I graduated from school, and I graduated in 2008, Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like at the time there weren't that many stories for um, Asian Americans. I find it really difficult to get auditions. Um, and also I've heard, you know, friends that tell me stories like, oh, so-and-so have this amazing story, but when they tried to sell the script, they were forced to change the ethnicity of the characters. Um, and also like uh, alongside with that, I've, I just happened to, you know, follow the movement of, uh, 
uh, of a protest against uh, a whitewashing casting for a Paramount film. So mm-hmm. I made a movie called, a documentary called Yellow Fate. And, you know, it, as a conclusion for me, I realized that if I want to make a change, instead of just complaining about it, I should write more stories, you know? And, and I also, I feel like I was also experiencing um, stuff happened with my family. So for a couple of years, I couldn't go visit. So I just started to write short stories just for fun. And, um, and then um, after that, I got into improv, which I felt like also helped me in, you know, getting into writing. I took on, uh, I took uh, storytelling classes um, and just other writing classes, just, just started to write just for fun. Um, and not thinking, I, I didn't really have a clue how I was going to get things produced. Um, but I did, um, know, uh, people where I, I was lucky enough to show some of my short stories to, um, a few people in the film industry, um, in China. Mm -hmm. And one of these, uh, uh, directors liked, um, my writings and, and hired me to work on his um, next movie as one of the writers. And, and mind you, this is very challenging because, you know, um, even though I've been taking writing classes, but I've never took like a serious screenwriting class. Uh-huh. You know? Everything I know is from what we learned at Juilliard, like play analysis classes, you know, like how to build a character. So, so and also I've left China since I was 16. So I, I was, a, I graduated from junior high and then I stopped learning Chinese mm. for years, you know, I barely even used it. So, so it was a lot of catching up to do on my side, you know, in terms of the language and, and, um, but I think because it's, it's part of me, it didn't took me that long to catch up. Whereas English, I still struggle when I write in English, you know, um, the ideas were there, but you know, the sentence or the, you know, uh, the writing itself needs a lot of work. What's your so, process with that? Do you sit down and decide before you start, like, this is something that I want to write in Chinese first, or this is mm-hmm. something I want to start right away in English, or do you kind of go back and forth? Some, uh, there have been stories that, you know, for every story, it's just an idea that pop into my head. That's mm-hmm. how it starts. And sometimes very quickly, you know, I will start to think where, is this story happening? Um, if it's in China, it, it will reflect a lot of the social issues that I witnessed over there. Um, but if it's here, like anything has to do with um, racial injustice or culture clash, it's, all, it's often here. But sometimes every once in a while, I'll have an idea for a story. It had nothing to do with, um, it's just like character driven. It could be in China or here. And then I was think this, this really happened. I would think, okay, do I know any actors or actresses that could actually play this part? Can I envision it in English or Chinese? And then if the answer is English, I was like, okay. (laughs) 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 You know, so um, I haven't had that many stories that are like that, but, you know, but it had happened. (laughs) Yeah. That's so wonderful. I, I admire so much that you took on writing as I have, are you still acting as well or is it are you mostly focusing on writing now I haven't acted 
accepted um, or had an audition for I don't even know how many years. In a while. <laughs> in a while. Yeah. I think I think it's so powerful for actors to take on writing. And I for myself, my writing has never taken like the form of a script. I've I've journaled a lot, things like that, but I for some reason I maybe I'm scared of it. Like I haven't You could totally do it. I was encouraging um people to 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 try out, you know, cuz I didn't start with wanting to write parts for myself. I started with just, I want to write stories about um, the Chinese people, Chinese Americans, and Asian Americans in general. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, um, that's what made me pick up, or not pick up my pen, really, like, start typing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I do feel like, and and I'm being really, um, I think I'm being really, Honest, and, and, and I think I can make this statement. I do feel like our training at Juilliard, um, we are trained in a way that we are actually good at, um, at least I fall back on a lot of the techniques that I learned as an actor of how to analyze a story and understand characters or build characters and understand their intention. So, so a lot of that was already there. You know, an understanding of, of um, why there is conflict, how people want different things. Mm-hmm. So, so actually for me, you know, transitioning into writing, it was quite easy. And a lot of it really did fall on, you know, my, our training at, at Juilliard. Yeah. Has your experience with writing been mostly a solo pursuit or have you had a lot of experiences like being in the writer's room for that movie or with Mm -hmm. your community in LA where you found other people to support you in that? Um, When I first started, I was writing by myself and just short stories. It was really hard for me to get into a script. Um, When I wrote that first script, it was painful. I'm not going to lie. I was all by myself. It was painful. And then I was lucky enough that I um, started teaching improv. And because I was teaching improv, I have like a a group of students who Mm -hmm. study improv with me. And it's really fun to write together or to have, you know, ideas together and then to read scripts out loud or to improvise it and then like write it down. Um, but, But that didn't really last. Uh, very long, unfortunately, because improv doesn't make money, and you know, right? So, <laughs> so people will just, you know, eventually, you know. Um, but uh, so then I fall back onto writing by myself. I think, I think it helped when you have um, worked with other people. And one thing that that I I could definitely pinpoint that that really helped me is. How sometimes when you just write by yourself, all your characters sound the, the same. <laughs> your character talk like how you would talk. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, being aware of how people speak differently when you're improvising, like you're like, oh, I would never say it that way, but it works. It really forces me to re-exam my dialogues and try to try to separate the characters' voices. Um, yeah, so so. I, I hope one day, my dream now, this is my new dream, is that one day I could become a showrunner on something I created myself, and then I get to work with um, 
really talented writers, and as well as maybe perhaps direct an episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fabulous dream. Wow. I, want that, I want that to that's come my true. Ultimate dream. Yeah, that's my dream. I mean, that's what we all want is to be able to work with people that we respect or people that we, you know went to school with and would love to work with in the real world like that to build to build your own playground like that would be amazing yeah like you want to work with people who inspires you that make you go oh and challenges you you know you're like oh that's exciting (laughs) well during the pandemic like have you hit any writer's block what's been what's been keeping you going six months into this, like keeping, keeping your pen on the paper, keeping your fingers typing? Um, I was um, lucky enough that I met people um, online in a writer's group that are willing to read my stuff. And I think for the first, all, like all the way to June, I was doing okay. And I, I feel like my world started fall apart at the beginning of June. Yeah. Because I had like several... I, I wrote, like, two plays and, like, a, um, a screenplay and a pilot all within that first six months. I was just, like, going nuts. And then, and then I just hit a rock. It was just, like, it wasn't that, that I don't have any other ideas. It was just this, like, overwhelming anxiety of what the future looked like um, that really took over. And, and then it was around that time, you know, I um, met people on screenwriter groups who offer to read my material, and um, and uh, you know, and right away both of them gave me really positive feedback. So that sort of like lift me up a little bit. Yeah. And and I just it's what August now. I just started to get back into writing again. You know, I took a a break. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Not. Because I don't have any more ideas, I was just battling anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I'm really. going through that yeah. now. Yeah, it's hard to, sometimes you just need some feedback. It's hard to create in a vacuum. Yeah, when you can't see what the future holds, it's just like, I, you know, and then also you, you will start to question everything you write because you're like, I don't know if what I'm writing is still relevant. I don't know what the world will look like. Right, and you haven't been out and about and interacting with people or have any fresh fresh experiences in a communal way. Exactly. Just all in our own heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so easy to go crazy. Oh, know? my gosh. Um, what does your family make of you choosing to be an artist for your career? Um, shockingly, my family was never that supportive. I'm, uh, you know, but... Um, my, my parents got divorced um, years ago. That's part of the reason I was sent to the U.S. to study is that my dad wanted me to be away from a toxic environment. Mm. And um, basically after I was, uh, they got, my parents got divorced when I was 18. So, but funny enough, like, you know, they, they were not opposed to me choosing to be an actress back then. Um, they also, but they weren't that supportive either. I think, I think they didn't think I was going to get into Juilliard. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I told them that I'm applying for Juilliard, they're like, uh, they're trying to Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. And even after I graduated from Juilliard, I started, um, 
my summer camp. So I, you know, I would do a lot of teaching, and I will also hire、um, people that I went to school with at Juilliard, and we'll go and do、uh, and teach kids together.、Um, I think for a really long time, my especially my dad really wanted me to become a full time teacher. And the truth is, I did try. I gave many years of my life to to be a good performing arts teacher, and I taught many different kinds of classes.、Mm-hmm. From、um, I also taught children and adults. But in the end, I feel like there was a hole inside of me that was never filled. And shockingly, I would say it really started in two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen, you know, I left a really high. Two thousand eighteen, really, I left a really high paying job. Um, in China, and then I went travel the world. I just, you know, I was so bad, like so bruised, you know, from 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 working for corporate world, you know, trying to create content, and you feel like your ideas gets raped by everybody. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, and and then I was so heartbroken. I just, I was like, well, I did make some money, um, you know, um, I'm just gonna travel. So I travel around, and then I came back to LA,、uh, thinking I was gonna start over again here in LA. And the next thing I know,、uh, my aunt passed away. It was during Chinese New Year last year,、mm-hmm. um, and she died alone at home. She was only sixty-two.、Oh. So, so then she doesn't have any children. So I flew back to you know help、um, arrange her funeral and everything. And right after that, I got a job. In Taiwan,、um, at a friend's theater company, and to help him work with the actors on their original musical. So while I was there, I sort of observed, you know, how he made everything work. Because it took him twelve years to build his theater company and to create original work and all of that. And and he was so dedicated, and I was really inspired. And I started writing again. While I was in Taiwan, and、um, his path was to, you know,、uh, submit for government performing arts grants. So I copied that, and then got my,、um, and with family help, obviously got my first play produced. And interesting enough, after that, that happened in August last、uh, last year. After that, my entire family got on board. It was pretty amazing because I had I heard so many like you know voices them trying to.、Um, one time my cousin visited me. She works in finance in Hong Kong. One time she visited me here in LA, and after seeing like、um, one of my improv shows, she was like very like quietly. She's like, "So what's your plan next?" And I was like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna maybe finish one of my script." And she got so mad at me. She was like. When are you gonna do a real job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so there's been a, you know, my family hasn't been that supportive this whole time. <laughs> Somehow after that happened, every single person got on board. That's amazing. And, yeah, and was just like, go for it. It's a it's a hard path, but obviously you're not happy doing anything else, so go. Do you think it was being able to see something fully produced, you know, close to home in that kind of like tangible way that really helped them get there? I think 
think so. Because I really, it, it's the first thing that I've done that's written, directed, and produced by me. And, and yeah. everyone who's seen it said, like, we could see you in it. So to see that, I guess, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it did That's so amazing. And I'm, I'm sure, it, you know, going through that experience, coming back to L.A., and then now having this kind of cocoon time. Mm-hmm. This yeah. door, this dormant time, right after you had that yeah. that big event, must be very bizarre. I struggled with where to place myself, um, and that's an, another thing that I feel like it's a gift and a curse um, at the same time. Because sometimes I, when I place myself overseas, I don't necessarily fit in. So sometimes I get really excited that, oh, I see opportunities over there. But at the same time, I know I've experienced it, how difficult it is to produce original work and to deal with censorship. Right. Um, Yeah. And um, unlike my friend who had built his theater company in Taiwan, I didn't grow up in Taiwan. So even though there's that common language that I could always assist, but I can never tell my own my story there Hmm. so then it left me here and and I've written things in English too um but sometimes I have doubts part of it is like all my you know like I need to become a better writer in English you know so on the technical um, level but another part is it's struggling to have faith that there's an uh, acceptance of the Asian American story here um and um so yeah, so, so uh, so so I don't know. Um, like I get excited that I feel like I have accomplished something that made people notice me and take me seriously, but at the same time, I still struggle with where do I place myself, um, or where do I, how do I use my talent and the fact that I could see both worlds are similarities and to create an art that I'm proud of you know and um, not to fall back into that whole corporate thing because that's another machine that's like a whole other world and yeah when you were doing <laughs> that when you were working that corporate job how did you keep the creative side of yourself alive were you teaching at the same time or writing or was it kind yeah, of yeah I was I was te- yeah, I was teaching and writing, but I, I was in a position that, um, that I was supposed to give artistic opinions, yet, um, and I'm not lying, this is like, this is a sad, sad truth, that, you know, a lot of the producers and investors, well, they care about, like I said earlier, they care about money, they want to make sure things will make money, so instead of hearing the voices of myself or other local writers of the stories that we want to tell, um, there's a lot of, you know, find me a blockbuster um, that we could get the copyrights for really cheap, or we could even not pay for the copyrights and just somehow copy that story and reproduce it. Mm. And so those kind of things really can kill your soul. You know what I mean? So it was still supposedly in the creative industry, except it was not feeding you in that way at all. Not at uh, all. 
Yeah, and, and, and you feel... Like, I feel like we could always learn from great artwork, you know, great films, great stories. But it's very different when your energy are spent on the the end goal is to make money, right? Versus something about that story that need to be told again. So, so yeah, it's it it, it kills you. Uh. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Do you have any mentors that have been important to your artistic life? Um, yes, actually. Um, I w- I, thank you for asking that question because I really need to give credit to um, someone I consider. She's a dear friend, and I also consider her to be my mentor. She's actually a Julia grad. Her name is Bernal. Um, she, she went to Julia for piano, and she's from um, Turkey. So she has a school in Turkey, and I have taught at her school in Istanbul. Um, so she was actually the one that, um, this was years ago, um, we met in Beijing and through Abby Gertz. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who's also a Julia grad. Um, so we met her, we met through Abby and cause Abby's been working with Banal for many years. And, um, I was literally, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting down with Banal in, in, at the lobby of her hotel and, um, I told her that I've been writing a lot of short stories and she said, well, tell me about them. So I was like, okay. And I told her like four or five of the short stories that I have written already. And she very, you know, she had a very stern face. And then she looked at me and she goes, those are good. And she go, she go, <laughs> why didn't you do more with them? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then she said to me, she goes, you know, your talent, it's a gift. If you don't do anything with your gift, then you don't deserve this gift. And oh, my gosh. Like, oh, 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 my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is such like, a powerful and, like, simple thing to say, but... Yeah, I feel like someone hit me right there. I was like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, so every once in a while she will check in on me and be like, hey, Han, how you doing? And um, I think that's all you need sometimes. You know, you just need that little push, you know, or a little bit of I believe in you or, yeah. you know, checking in on you to see how you're doing. And you go, okay, I know what I need to do now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? there's those people who, who seem to believe in you more than you do sometimes. And you're like, it's, it just gives you that reminder right when you need it. Totally. Ugh. Totally. Yeah. Are there any lessons that you've learned in the last couple of years that you're really proud of that you wouldn't mind sharing? It could be something artistic or just something personal. Um, balance, I think. Um, I think as artists, sometimes we see a vision and we focus really hard to get everyone else on board with your vision. But sometimes, you know, it's better if that's um, like a shared vision that's slightly different from yours, but there's still a lot in common. So I think that balance of, of um, you need that drive to push for something to happen. At the same time, you need to develop a sense of diplomacy mm-hmm. so other people can really get their words in and then 
only when you really hear them can you find that balance of how to make the whole team happy and excited. So I definitely struggled with that um, earlier on. Yeah, because I think I was like, this is my vision. You're on board. Great. You're not on board. What? <laughs> <laughs> right. They have to be able to invest themselves in it a little bit, see themselves in it. One of my old boss have said to me, you know, um, he has said to me once, he said, you know, if you want to just only do your vision, then you should be a fine art artist, just paint your painting. But if you want to be a director, you really need to learn to be a leader Mm -hmm. and get everyone on board. Um, yeah, that I would say that's something that I'm still learning and trying to practice when I get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, leadership is a a very important skill Mm -hmm. and not everybody has it. A good director, a good stage manager, that's all you need. (laughs) Totally. You want that, you want to be on a team where you feel safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You feel safe to express your opinion and you're, you feel safe to own up to your mistakes and we're all working for the same goal. Um, that, that culture is really important, I think, no matter where you at. And it, it's work. Yeah. I, it doesn't just happen naturally all the time. You have to learn to create that. Yeah. Um, what's Los Angeles like for you? What do you like about it? Did you ever consider staying in New York? or? Um, honestly, my career didn't go anywhere in L.A. <laughs> L.A. just sort of became home I guess because of the good uh weather (laughs) um and but career wise you know I remember my time in New York is like a lot more is happening and then um I feel like for years I'm living in LA but I'm always going away for projects whether it's Mm. in New York or going overseas or you know it's just like rarely here (laughs) when projects happen to me, I feel like LA it's more isolating in some ways than New York is for me personally. Since you have to drive everywhere. Yeah, because you you get into a car and you go places, and everything happens like not just behind closed doors. Everything happens in the lot, you know, in the in the building in the in, in that lot somewhere, <laughs> room. It, you don't. It's really hard to to have like a sense of community here in LA. Um, even though I did a lot of improv and small theater stuff, but I still was missing that sense of, of being part of a big community that I had, I had that back in New York. So, so I feel like life just happened and landed me here in LA. So, (laughs) um, I miss New York, but I get so intimidated, you know, knowing how expensive things are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel very lucky that I have good friends that allow me to like sleep on their couches for a really long period of time, but I don't know how I'm going to move back to New York. Um, I actually recently thought about maybe going back to school for either playwriting or directing, since I feel like um, this is really my, I'm, I'm really have, I'm not giving up on acting, I just haven't had the opportunity to, right. to 
do it again for a really long time. So, and there's so much more I need to learn about playwriting, screenwriting, and all of that, and, and directing. So I did think about should I, you know, go to grad school for that, um, or maybe that's the thing that would bring me back to New York. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You should apply to the Juilliard playwriting program. Yeah, I was. I'm not kidding. I seriously thought about it, especially during the pandemic. I'm like, okay, I'm working on my writing. I could definitely use help or guidance. And um, I don't see the future, but maybe I could spend the next two years get a, getting a degree yeah. and also get help. So I seriously thought about it. I mean, it would help since they know who you are and where you're coming from. And it's one of those ones where they give you a, a, like a cost of living stipend, I think. I'm not exactly sure how much it is, but I think it'd be a great program. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was it would like, be I, trippy. It would be trippy for you to be back at Julia. <laughs> it would be so weird. It would be like, oh, it's so, it so familiar. <laughs> it's so different now. Yeah. Um, well, there are two little questions that I always ask at the end, but before <laughs> we get to those, is there anything that you were really looking forward to talking about that I haven't asked you about yet? Now, more than ever, I do have a, I don't know if I'm just being totally naive or I just need it to like inspire myself. <laughs> so I like highlight it as, as like a, a mission statement for myself. But um, I feel like now more than ever, um, like I sense this like purpose that I need to tell more stories about, you know, like Chinese people in general and like Chinese American just to bridge the the gaps and the misunderstanding yeah. um, and, and, and the hatred right now there is, you know, in this world. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually had a really good friend of mine. Um, she's been my cheerleader, you know, when I've experienced hardships, she would say, well, now you're a writer. So you could all everything it's material so, <laughs> so so she like a month ago um like something happened and then she was like almost in tears and like we were on the phone and then she said to me she said um this is why we need you she said you need to write more stories like human stories that really will touch people's heart and that could bridge that gap and you know um so that there could be more understanding and empathy and sympathy um and know that people are people anywhere you know that is so, very very needed very needed right now it's such a scary time the next yeah. i i the next three or four months is going to be incredibly intense so scary so so scary i've never been afraid like i am now like just you know, you know like going like walking down the street and going to shops I get very scared now you know um like I know my like I grew I, I went to high school in Oklahoma you know I have like really close friends and I teacher that meant so much to me that are Republicans you know I don't see it as you know like it just it wasn't it didn't stand for what he used to mean. It, it, it becomes something completely different. Yeah. So, 
So now, literally, like walking down, walking around my neighborhood, and seeing people don't wear masks and seeing flags, I get scared, and I never felt this way before. So it's not a good feeling. I can't wait to like not feel this way towards strangers. I know. I'm. I'm just. Sending all my good energy to this election. I know it's not going to change everything. There's obviously so many underlying problems in this country yeah. that have taken you know hundreds of years to make them that way. But it's going to go a long way to start start changing things if we can get a different a different administration. Yeah, and I I also feel、um, because I've spent a couple of years teaching improv to children and adults in China. And in、mm-hmm. Taiwan, but I do feel like that culture definitely needs. Like you don't understand how many, like how early people will come to my class, just wanting to to learn about yes and you know like to to learn about because because that culture is very um, it doesn't really support creativity. It doesn't. It's very like. Cruel in some ways because it's so competitive and life、mm-hmm. is so so much harder. And people actually needed that, you know, that that environment of an acting class of,、yeah. of a supportive improv class where spontaneity. Was, yes, yes.、Um, and we'll, you know, jump on board when you have an idea. You know,、um, so so I、mm-hmm. do feel it's my duty to. Tell those people's story, you know what I mean. To like to to just just to talk about the Asian American experience here, and also to tell more good stories of of what everyday Chinese people's life is like, because that industry is not really doing that over there. Like I know because I work for companies where they don't care about original stories or. <laughs> Or local stories, they just want us to copy shit and make the money right away. Right. So, so, so yeah, I do feel that's something that's like a new purpose for me,、um, something to keep me going. I guess I think that's amazing. I I look forward to the day I get to see or hear or read one of your stories. Oh, thank you. I really, you. I really do. I'm getting excited about them just as we talk about them. Um, <laughs> so these last two questions. The first one is,、uh, if you are feeling really down and uninspired, are there any things that you come back to again and again, like a book you read, like concrete things, a book you read, music you listen to, like things that'll help you get out of it? Um, I've been watching a lot of documentaries. Um, it it's been really hard. Uh, the last two months for me to get into any TV series、um, or movies,、um, I feel like I just needed something more.、Um, so documentaries like on history and and、um, it really shook me to the core. Where for whatever reason, for me that inspired me to to dive deeper when you are telling stories. Like what's what's the Thing that you really want to communicate.、Um, so, so like for example, like you know, a Thirteen obviously is a great documentary、mm-hmm. series.、Um, Immigrant Nation.、Um, you know, it's、uh, just on the top of my head. You know, 
those really heavy social <laughs> subjects and it really um and also like um um documentaries on like history like so um yeah it's as weird as it sounds those are my go-to um to push me forward well this might be related then my other question is (laughs) (laughs) is there any art that you've seen recently of any art form that you want to recommend (laughs) well definitely you you just named a couple documentaries (laughs) But it could be anything, yeah, like movies, books, whatever. Um, well, I guess because I've been watching so much documentaries just on different things. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think for a while I want I like documentaries that like I've made documentaries that like like express a clear opinion. But I also really appreciate documentaries that just lay out the facts and allow you and tell the human story and allow you to make your own judgment. Hmm. Um, and I think because, because the subject is very closely related to my experience, like, um, American Factory is another one that just jumped into my head. Um, I think it won best documentary last year. Um, you know, um, there's, they're just so, they're just, um, oh, there's so many, I'm, uh, I was trying to think other, other documentaries that inspired me, but there's just so many that, that really like documentary series and, and, also just about people's real life, you know, um, I think as creatives, we live in the, sometimes we, sometimes we live in a fantasy and so we need to be grounded a little bit and then we could take off again, you know? So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Han, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Oh my God, my pleasure too. I love it. I love it. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. Anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brandon Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org, because only together we rise.